Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Jason Kenney telling us yesterday, Premier of Alberta, about trying to communicate uh, with the governor of Michigan about this issue. We then tried to set up a phone call, and she finally agreed to speak to me by phone uh, last fall, but only on the condition that I not raise <laughs> line five. So I had to find some artfully diplomatic way of instead talking generically about energy security and so forth, and she seemed completely uninterested. I mean, Michigan's economy is totally integrated with Canada's, as you know. So my good friend, long-term friend, more than, well, 30 years, Dan McTagg, president of Canadians for Affordable Energy and former Liberal Member of Parliament. You'll appreciate that. <laughs> the Premier of Alberta wants to speak to the Governor of Michigan about her demand to close Line 5, and she'll talk to him, Dan, as long as he doesn't bring up Line 5. Incredible. It's almost as if uh, it's a one-sided story when it comes to those pushing the destruction of our pipelines uh, and those pushing the climate agenda. It's always only one way. You have to accept, uh, you know, <laughs> their channel or the alternative channel, which is the same channel. Uh, I'm sure that the premier is frustrated, but I, I too am frustrated, uh, Roy. I raised this for the past four years. My former work at Gas Buddy allowed me to speak to many of our emergency preparedness officials by state in the U.S., you saw that uh, develop last weekend with the Colonial Pipeline shut down. We had to deploy something in my former job uh, known as the Outage Tracker to let people know where fuel was. Uh, it wasn't lost on them that Canada was asleep at the switch. And until very recently, we didn't really get much of a, an, a response from the Canadian government. Uh, and it, it's sad because, of course, it suggests to me that it's very one-sided again. They're interested in finding cute ways to stop pipelines from being built. Now we have one that's already built. And uh, another government is basically taking them at their word and saying, look, you don't think much of pipelines. We might as well shut yours down for the same reasons you give for shutting down all the other ones that you don't want built in Canada. So there's the problem. Okay, so let's talk about this uh, issue with Colonial Pipeline and what it uh, what it's done, what it's doing, and, and what it portends potentially. What signal does the hacking ransomware attack on Colonial Pipeline in the United States sent Canada. And you know, as well as everybody else who's been watching what's been going on in the news over the last week or so, uh, the long lines of uh, frustrated motors trying to get gas up and down the east coast of the United States. What signal has the Colonial situation sent to us? Well, I mean, it's a dress rehearsal, what to expect, and that's a temporary circumstance. Almost two weeks ago, I tweeted saying, for Line 5 to close in Canada would have the same effect as closing the Colonial Pipeline in uh, to the eastern seaboard in the United States. I had no idea that was going to happen four days later. Nevertheless, I think it's a, an illustration and a very apt reminder uh, that those who think we can wish away the economy we currently have, uh, the benefits that it gives, uh, whether it's to drive, for transportation, all of the things, Roy, that we take for granted are now very much in play and now quite distinctly at risk. And it comes down to a knife's edge decision by a federal court or a state court in the United States. It's out of the hands of Canadians. And so we don't, I think what this says is that we are certainly looking at staring down an economic abyss, but more importantly, we have no backup plan. And I don't care what anyone wants to say, you can't bring ships onto the Great Lakes. You can't, as uh, Premier Kenny suggested, put two and a half thousand trucks on the road or try to rail. It would create economic dislocation on a proportion that this country has never seen, even in the Second World 
more. So the Washington Post, and I'm going to be speaking with David Fraser right after I speak with you, yep. internet security lawyer, lawyer and uh, McKinnis Cooper about this situation of the hack. But Washington Post reported, let me just read you this, a cybersecurity expert warned U.S. lawmakers last week that the world was on the cusp of a, quote, pandemic of a different variety, end quote. Christopher Krebs, who formerly head of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency in the Department of Homeland Security, testified last Wednesday before the House Committee on Homeland Security that a form of malware called ransomware has become more prevalent than ever before, given an ever-widening criminal enterprise and vulnerable digital landscape. He said critical infrastructure is at risk of debilitating attacks. Two days later, Colonium Pipeline shut down two days later. Amazing. And I understand Wall Street Journal is next. Uh, so look, uh, this is now uh, reality is becoming uh, in front of us. It is now in front of all of us. We have to accept that these things could happen. When we did a number of the emergency preparedness uh, scenarios, one, of course, was cyber hacks. The other one, of course, was solar flares. But what would knock out our entire infrastructure? And it doesn't matter if it's energy or groceries or banking uh, we are in a very very serious problem we, we we are going to have to understand uh that society will not be able to function quite the way it did and perhaps the old ways aren't necessarily the bad ways so what would the result be based on your studies and your knowledge of the industry and the availability of fuel and energy what would the result be if we were to in this country face a colonial pipeline um, ransomware hack uh, so let's say line five were to shut down, yeah. whether Gretchen Whitmer wants it or it happens by other means, okay. uh, you would lose about 60% of all your fuel. You would uh, effectively stop uh, any uh, transportation by rain, uh, train, plane, automobile. You would have to stop factories. Uh, and I'm not just talking about electricity, but propane. Think of the electrical grid would also be affected to, to a large extent. It's very difficult to calculate, but I would guess that if we think the lockdowns of this pandemic uh, that we're seeing in many provinces or have experienced uh, is uh, is something to behold. You ain't seen nothing yet. This would mean a cataclysmic shutdown of the Canadian economy as we know it, or other economies as well. It has to be taken very seriously. And I, I dare to think uh, perhaps uh, maybe those in Ottawa who are too busy planning, uh, you know, the Great Reset and uh, climate emergencies can also deal about the real emergency at hand. That's not just the energy health emergency, but of course, uh, the, the potential for a hack of that nature and of that magnitude. Let me ask you to put on your politician's hat. You haven't worn it for a while, but let me ask you to put it on. Oh, thank again. goodness. 18 years, you were a member of the Liberal Caucus in both the Chrétien and the, and the Martin uh, governments, and you were very close to Mr. Martin. So uh, you would understand what was likely to happen now, Dan, after the colonial pipeline issue. And given the machinations by the governor of Michigan to shut down Line 5, Looking at what happened along the seaboard, eastern seaboard in the United States over the last number of days, do you think, and given the fact that, uh, you know, there's warnings now about more ransomware attacks, more malware attacks, do you think it's more likely that a cooperative stance will be arrived at by both Washington and Ottawa to make sure that our energy supply as much as possible, and let's specifically talk about oil, uh, do you do you think it's some sort of cooperative agreement arrangement is going to be put in place that we don't have now? I think uh, a wake up call has now uh, been uh, been rung, and I think even the Biden administration's gung ho attitude towards uh, green energy at all costs has suffered a serious uh, and and perhaps a uh, you know a, a silver lining uh, setback, and that is that I think both countries now realize energy security 
has to be paramount. And it's not just in terms of affordability. We can talk about that. But the availability, the reliability, uh, the very thing on which we rely as a society is our energy infrastructure. And I think uh, it is uh, very much a, a telling point. And you don't have to take my word for it. Your next guest will probably uh, make reference to Pete Buttigieg, the transport uh, secretary under Biden, who was a big gung-ho anti-pipeline guy, made no mistake. He always said we should shut down lines like Line 5 and other environmental uh, crusaders. Now completely convinced that pipelines is the only reliable, viable way to go. And so for that reason, I think the United States and Canada may want to revisit Keystone XL. Canada should definitely revisit Energy East. By the way, that's a pipeline that exists Alberta, all the way to Ontario, if we were in the process of converting that back to an oil pipeline from where it is now, it's a natural gas pipeline, mm. we might be talking about the ability to uh, at least uh, cushion some of these okay. uh, potential disasters. I'm going to tell you this really quickly. When I was living in Quebec between 2007 and 2016, I would go across the border. I lived close to the Vermont border. So I'd drive across the border to fill up my truck there because I would, you know, it was like 275 a gallon versus Close to six dollars yep. a gallon, right? By comparison, <laughs> but here's the situation: that the gasoline that I put in my truck in Vermont came from Montreal. Yeah. It was refined in Montreal. The oil company, the gas company, the uh, the energy company sent their trucks from Vermont to Montreal to buy the gasoline there at their wholesale yeah. price. Then they trucked it all the way back to Vermont. Then yep. they distributed it among gas stations in the state of Vermont, and they were still able to sell me my gasoline at three bucks a gallon less than, <laughs> than the person who, who bought it in a gas station beside the refinery in Montreal paid for it. That's, that was the reality. <laughs> That's the insanity of it. Well, you can imagine, uh, the, you know, 55 cents on a liter of gasoline is taxed. So what does that work out to times 3.7541? Yeah, so you're, yeah, I can see yeah. why. And uh, taxes okay. make the difference. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.